0: All right, welcome to the first episode of the Underdogs Podcast. I don't know what we're calling this yet. Maybe, uh, what, Dog Pound Radio?
1: I like, could be Dog Pound Radio, um, in the Dog Pound, Ooh, something like that. Yeah, in the, that. in the Dog House, maybe? In the Dog House, which I'm used to being. It's where you so, live yeah. most of the time. <laughs> uh,
0: either way, you know, we're stoked to talk more about what's going on in-house in Vegas, what's going on kind of in the CrossFit space, but. The reason we're getting this episode out is because we just wrapped up the Rogue Invitational. You were just there with Ricky. And so we just kind of wanted to go through the weekend, recap some of the events, talk through your mindset, talk through Ricky's mindset, and just kind of highlight some of the fun moments we had there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Happy to be back, but uh, it's always good. There's no substitute for experience, so it's always good. And
1: I, I always forget, like with Ricky, right? I mean, he's in the last five years, he's had like you know, this is basically his third major competition. <laughs> so it's, it's crazy to think like how much he's playing catch up as far as these big comps. So, uh, you know, a lot to go through, a lot to assess and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll,
0: we'll gain a lot of knowledge from it for sure. For sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. So let's get right into it. Yeah. I mean, first event of the weekend happened on Thursday. We didn't know about it yeah. until Pretty damn close to the event. We didn't know what the specifics were of it until the day of like yeah. just kind of walk walk us through that in the timeline. Well,
1: it's pretty crazy, you know, a couple of weeks ago because we had already made our arrangements to go down there. and then Ricky's like, oh, they just let us know we're gonna have an event on Thursday. So uh, you know, kind of scrambled to think of maybe coming down early. Glad I didn't since none of us were allowed to go., yeah. uh, but when we found out it was a a, a long ruck event, uh, obviously, um, that plays in his strengths. Um, although hasn't had a lot of experience with the rock. He's been running a lot with a vest and in OS, he just hasn't been able to pick up a rock. So it's been good. You know, once we got him to Vegas, he played around with, with a rock a little bit. Um, and when we talked about the workout afterwards, cause obviously we didn't get a chance to talk about it prior to, he felt like he just went out a little bit too hot. Uh, I think he said, you know, his exact words were, I tried to break the fellas, uh, and about a mile in, he realized he had almost broken himself and he actually had to start walking a little bit. Really? Uh, yeah. And, uh, that's when Hopper kind of took the lead and, You know, he said at that point in time, he was just trying to hold his position. And as it got closer to the end, he said Adler just kind of came out of nowhere. And with about, I guess it was about 800 meters left where uh, he looked at Adler and he was like, we just have to make sure that Roman doesn't catch us. And he said at that point, Adler just took off. And he was like, what the hell? (laughs) Um, And uh, but then he was able to hold his third place position. It's obviously a phenomenal workout for him. And and I think uh, it's a, you know. I think a very grueling way to start the weekend. For uh, sure. I think, you know, th- this was a very different Rogue Invitational with 10 events. Uh, and to start that way, I think, put a lot of people behind the eight ball, uh physically. Yes. And uh, I think for sure with Ricky, he, he was never quite the same after
0: that workout. But uh, a good way to start, you know, finishing yeah. third. I think – you know, you know, as well as anybody, but I think Ricky kind of has these expectations and when something like a run comes up of any sort, he's like, all right, I'm supposed to win this. So no matter what happens, he takes off with the front group, saying, like, this is where I belong. This is where I'm going to stay. And I know I'm fitter than them on this, right? Like when we had the capital at the games, he talked about how, you know, he was running with Lazari, he was running with Roman. And they got to a certain point where Ricky was like, I'm not as tired as them. And he was able to take off. And I think this, the combination of what sounded like a really big uphill to start the workout yeah. and the rock was just not the same scenario. And he put himself into a hot water a little too soon. Yeah. I
1: think there's a couple of reasons for it. I think one, just the experience with the rock, you know, he mm-hmm. hasn't had a ton of experience. I think also, and, and, you know, this is just funny, a funny story, right? So Ricky's been struggling with shin splints. Yeah. Uh, so he, he hasn't been able to run much and, uh, you'd say, oh, he must have been running a lot. No, that's not why he had shin splints. He had shin splints because he was irritated about uh, crossover dumbbell and not being able to be actually as good at them as his girlfriend. Um, (laughs) So he would practice instead of five minutes of crossover dubs, which is what it says on his programming, he would do like an hour. And he did a few weeks of that to where he got good at them, but where he just absolutely destroyed his shins. So... He wasn't able to run a lot going into Rogue, and I think that that was a little bit of a wake up call. You know, obviously he's a phenomenal runner, but it's also a situation where you can't just start. You can't just cut it out yeah. and then expect against these phenomenal athletes to just be able to oh, dial it up. You know what I mean? I'm a great runner. I'm just going to beat them well, you came in third, which is still great, but it's also a scenario where for him, he's like, if there's a run, I want to win. Right. Um, so I think that that was actually probably pretty good for him to see. Yeah. Um, because I think it's something we need to make sure that we're touching
0: on in his, in his training for sure. And I think it, it's a, it's a good reminder for him that he has to not only respect the field more in some of those events, but also respect the workout. Right. And not just come out and say like, right. I can beat this workout yeah. because that's not going to be the case all the time. And yeah, you know, realistically this is kind of him going into his sophomore season again right and so there's so much that he can learn which is such a positive thing going into next year it is it's it's exciting because I think you know uh he
1: he really does still have the trajectory where he can get considerably better uh there's a lot of things that we can do I think over the next year uh you know and and uh You know, we talk about him coming third at the CrossFit Games, but I, you know, which was obviously amazing. But Ricky's goal is to win the games. And, you know, the fact that, in my opinion, he still
0: has room for improvement is very exciting. For sure. All right. Moving on. Friday's events. We knew these events, but we found out pretty quickly we didn't know all the details of these events. The first one that came up was the ski bar event. I think we found out on Katie Henniger's Instagram that uh, they would not be using a regular bar for the bar muscle-ups. Yeah. It would be a giant log, right? So, the, <laughs> yeah, pretty much workout, that's exactly a good way to put it. The workout was yeah. uh, what 20 bar muscle ups, 40 cal ski. 80 GHDs and then back down the ladder 40 calski 20 bar muscle ups. Right. So what did you think about this workout initially and then what changed in game plan with Ricky once we once we got the details? Yeah, it's funny when we went
1: out to dinner the night before and all of us were sitting around like, "Oh, it's a GHD race." Yeah. You know, everyone's going to go unbroken on the bar muscle ups. Uh, you know, you's got to take it easy on the ski and not burn yourself out, but but you know, it's going to be a GHD race. And that obviously turned out to be different when we saw what the apparatus was that they were doing bar muscle ups on. Um, It it really, you know, there were a lot of people that struggled with it. Uh, And one thing that I always kind of credit Ricky for is he does have a knack of figuring things out, um, especially with like odd objects and things like that. So. You know, in the in warmups, honestly, he handled the bar muscle ups pretty well. Uh, You saw a pretty big difference between um, some of the competitors. Some were using grips. Some were, you know, took their couldn't do them with their grips. Um, And um, uh, you know, it was was interesting to see how it was affecting people's um, forearms and their grip strength, etc. So, you know, it really did come down to that last set of bar muscle ups. If you were in a good position going into that last set of bar muscle ups, you had a chance. And then it was a, a matter of just kind of figuring out how to get through them. And right. Ricky, you know, he did a wonderful job of, of you know, going to singles, cool. going to fast singles. And I think, you know, two more bar muscle ups, he would have caught up to Justin. Uh, you know, he, he passed a bunch of guys. They weren't even talking about him on the broadcast. They had no idea where he was. And, uh, you know, ended up second in his heat. I think he was really, I think he was only one second behind Chandler from the heat before. Um, and that's, and that again is also a, a reminder of, you know, I have to make sure that where I can push the pace on things like transitions, like the sprints at the end of workouts, that you're doing that because guys from the previous heat can beat you. Yeah. And that's five points. And who knows what that's going to be like at the end when, when all the points are, are done for. So, um, But another phenomenal, you know, way to start, I mean, a a third place. So he takes third, third, and, you know, he's tied for first after the first two workouts. Uh, And, uh, you know, another kind of classic Ricky workout where he just kind of
0: figures it out as he goes. Yeah. Yeah. I think when we look back at this, both for Ricky to learn, but for the rest of our athletes to learn, like the two huge takeaways for me, one you touched on already is like, you're not just battling against your heat, you're battling against the rest of the field. Right. And unless you have like a really keen understanding of what the times are, you don't often know. And if you're not in the final heat, you for damn sure don't know. And it's, right? and it's easy to forget,
1: right? Like because right. you're in the moment and you're in the heat of the battle. And, you know, you if you take your foot off the gas for one second because you are winning your heat or because you're at way ahead of the person that's next to you, you know, and then you forget. And then it's kind of like when you finish the, the when you cross the finish line, you're like, oh, shit. Like I totally forgot about the the last heat, you know? And so it's very easy to forget that. And I think, again, that comes with experience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's a great point to talk about for younger athletes and the other athletes in our camp. And, and obviously just athletes in general is is to make sure that you're really focused on, hey, you know, yes, I want to win my heat, but I also got to beat the people that went before.
0: Yeah. And I think the the second piece to go with that is. It's not about how you start, it's about how you finish, right? And this is something that Ricky has struggled with a lot because he has a tendency to kind of come out like a cowboy in the beginning of workouts and maybe not overestimate his ability, but overestimate how he's gonna feel at the end of the workout, right? I think he started with a set of 10 in the beginning and he finished the workout doing all singles. There were guys that started with singles from the beginning that were still pretty successful in the workout. Um, and then we similarly saw guys that came out with bigger sets in the beginning that started failing reps. And in a workout like that, like one failed rep costs you 15, 20 seconds. And that takes you out of three to five spots in the workout, right? So constant reminders for him of like, it's okay to throttle back a little bit so that you have the gas pedal in the back half of the workout. And that's something that we've seen, you know, Justin be so good at over the years is he's always passing people on the back half of workouts. He's never counted out. And that's such a big teaching moment. Yeah, he does an unbelievable
1: job of that. I mean, I think you saw that multiple times this weekend, and obviously we saw it a ton at the games. I mean, you know, in him passing Ricky in, in a lot of mm-hmm. circumstances right at the end of workouts. Uh, and, I, and I think for Ricky, it, again, it's just a reminder, you know, in specific circumstances that, like, you you got to keep your foot on the gas the entire time. Um, but I, in that workout specifically, uh, I think for him, my biggest takeaway was just his GHD cadence. Mm. Um, you know, he gave up eleven reps to Justin on the on the GHDs. He was eleven reps up on on Justin, and I think Justin actually passed him, and, yeah. or they finished kind of going to the skier around the same time. Um, and you know, I'm I'm proud of him in the sense that you know GHDs used to be a, a, a pretty decent weakness in the sense that he, he just always struggled because it would bother his back. And the fact that he got through those 80 unbroken was a big win, but it's still like, now we've got to get through those 80 unbroken a little bit faster. Um, And, and so again, these are just the little things that you take away from workouts. When you, when you look back at them and you assess the workout and you say, okay, like, where can I make up five points? Mm -hmm. Where can I make up 10 points? How do I maximize points? And for us in that workout, without question, it was the GHDs. Mm-hmm. If he's a little faster at the GHDs, honestly, he wins that workout by a decent amount, you know? I mean, if he can at least hold his, his, uh, you know, where he was when he went up against Joss on the, on the GHDs, if he can hold his position, then, I mean, you're talking about an 11 GHD lead, you know, that's a pretty decent amount of time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 20 seconds or so. And if he was able to hold that, he probably wins the workout going away. Um, so now that's something we just need to, you know, kind of institute and training. And, and we've been doing a ton of GHD work, but it's just getting
0: better for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, with a guy like Ricky at that level, it's, it's not, can you do everything? It's now like, how do we get an edge on this movement that everybody can do? Right. Yeah. It's, it's the frame concept. It's, you can do it unbroken. now. Cool. How can we do this faster? Pull the bar back down, make your transitions faster. It's all of these little intricacies. And that's like the, the Fraser mindset, the thing that separated him was he's like, all right, I'm not only going to have better capacity than you, but I'm going to be smarter than you on this movement. I'm going to be faster on all of the things that we're doing. Yeah. And I, and I
1: think ultimately now with, with how competitive you see the men's field, a few seconds on each workout is, is massive. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt that when you look at the field and, and it's going to be this way, I think throughout the year, you're going to look at probably like six to eight guys who have a legitimate chance to win the CrossFit games. Now, that's not saying, obviously, that Justin isn't the favorite. I mean, he's proven it over and over again now. He's won you know his last, what, five or six major competitions. Um, But there's no doubt that there are guys that are right on his heels. Ricky's one of them. And and obviously, we saw at the field at Rogue that there are even more maybe than we thought. Um, But, you know, there's going to be those, I think, six to eight guys legitimately at the games who are going to have a chance. And it's really going to come down to execution. Uh, And now it's going to come down to between now. Now and then, how many people can improve their mm-hmm. weaknesses and also improve their
0: strengths for right? sure? You know? So, yeah, it's interesting. All right, next one. One of the cool, one of the more unique workouts, I think, but also probably one of the more challenging ones looking at it for Ricky the back attack workout. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it really was uh, a situation where for him, uh, he did phenomenally for him. You know I mean? It's 92% of his one RM
0: and he did 15 of them. He did them unbroken. Uh, and, but, and, and just backtracking to like this workout on paper was, it was five rounds, right? It was five, four, three, two, one yeah. back squats, four hundred five, two seventy five, 75, 25, 20, 15, 10, five, uh, box jump overs in right. between. Right. Yeah. So it, 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 and our strategy was just take your time
1: on the box jump overs, yeah. um, You know, when you saw it was very different, right, for him than it was for some people. I mean, you know, you saw Adler essentially sprint through it and bounding box jumps, et cetera. Uh, And and same way on the women's side, you know, with Laura, et cetera. Um, And then you saw people who, you know, don't have a a massive back squat who had to really uh, grind their way through it. And for him, it was, I felt like it was a win, uh, even though it was an 18th place finish. Uh, which obviously gave up a lot of points to the field, especially in this setting where, you know, uh, essentially, you know, 18th at the games is top half. uh, And here it's second to last or third to last. Um, But... There's nothing to hang his head about. him. Mean, he did what he could do. He he did, in my opinion, maximize his points on that workout. For sure. Uh, but I also think it now gives him a little bit more confidence that hey, I can get through a heavy uh, squat workout. And it's something obviously that we're working on all the time. Uh, you know, he doesn't have he doesn't have massive one rep maxes. Um, you know, he has. Big, big capacity, obviously, and his mm-hmm. fitness is phenomenal. But again, it's just something that I think we can improve on. And, and even if we take his, you know, his one rep max, and we add ten to fifteen pounds to it, you know, I, I think you look at a workout like this. Every little bit helps. And, and also, I think his power endurance. You know, just continuing yep. to work volume, etc. Um, but at the end of the day, this this is one of those workouts in a rogue event where you've got 10 events that when you come in 18th, it's very hard to say, okay, at that point, like I, I now, I can't have another finish like this if I want to finish on the podium, right? you know? And and so, you know, that was the one event that we circled that was like, okay, this is going to be challenging for us. And, uh, I think he did what he could do. I think we were
0: hoping maybe it would be like a 12th to 15th, but man, those fuckers are strong. So it was, it was tough. I mean, yeah, I looked at this one and you know, for, for people that know this stuff a little bit better, 92% of your one RM is generally considered like a three rep max, yes. right? For a crossfitter who has a bigger endurance base, maybe that's a four or five or something. So we look at that weight and we're like, if you can get the five unbroken, then that's gonna be a win. If we can say unbroken on the four, on the three. And so that was my first concern. And the fact that he got through that, I mean, that's our win, right? And yeah. that, just, that just highlights how important it can be to build the top end for athletes, because, you know, the bigger your bucket is, the less of that bucket we're having to use when it comes time for that event. If you can squat 500 pounds versus 450, then that 405 is gonna look much different. So I think people get lost sometimes in trying to figure out like, am I trying to build a ton of volume at this weight? Am I trying to build my top end? I think there's a time and place for both. The off season maybe is that time for a lot of people to like build that top end number so that your training percentages can go up and you're able to kind of work through those weights a little bit better. Yeah,
1: and and this was interesting. I mean, this is the first time I can remember in competition uh a a back squat workout at that weight at that volume yeah um you know i'm kind of hoping now that we've seen it in rogue we won't see it (laughs) for the rest
0: of the year uh selfishly for ricky Um, somebody's gonna look at it and say that was a great yeah let's do it again yeah and
1: i you know they'll probably pick a a different movement maybe a front squat or an overhead squat etc but but uh It definitely was an interesting spin on a heavy back squat. Obviously, we saw that there were several athletes that could handle it pretty well and pretty easily. Uh, But without question, you know, his skill set, it was definitely a win. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even even. And and that's that's interesting, too, because it was an 18th place, but it was a win. Right. And there are some workouts where for you, like top three that's the expectation. That's the win. But then there's going to be some where, you know, if it's not, if it's a weakness workout, like 18th, if that's the best you could do. That's a
0: win. And and that's so important for the psychology of an athlete, 100%. right? As, you huge. know Think you're Ricky, you came in third of the games, so you expect to be, you know, one of the top three fittest men in the world, but you take an 18th on a workout. So in one hand, you could look at that and be like totally beat up. It can carry on to the rest of the day, can affect future performances, or you can be mature enough to look at this and say, how did I do relative to my current capacity on this regardless of the leaderboard? And now after the weekend, we can look back and be like, okay, I got to get better at this thing. But yeah. right now you have to stay in the moment, move past that and get to the next one.
1: Yeah. It's massive. Uh, I mean, emotionally and mentally for him, like he was, when he finished it up, he, just, he was smiling. He yeah. was like, man, I just did 405 or five for 15 unbroken. You know, it was just, it was, it was a big win, honestly. And, and, and I think, you know, he talked about, Before we started together, you know, how he, he probably wouldn't be able to do one at a time. I Mm -hmm. mean, that's essentially where he was at. And the fact that he's now, you know, his maxes have all gone up and, and I think he's getting stronger and fitter. I think that that was a, you know, I think that, that for him was a, was a big mental win for him. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, an 18th, but a win.
0: Yeah. All right. Last event of Friday. Yeah. Another barbell workout. Yeah. Actually one that I love. But you tell me what you think about it, DT with a spin. I actually thought this was one of the one of the best program workouts of the weekend. Uh, I really
1: I really like this workout a lot. Um, you know, I think obviously you had to be adept on the, on the barbell, but this also brought in a lot of fitness, mm-hmm. um, which, which I like because sometimes we see rogue and it, it gets so heavily, you know, barbell oriented and and, and, it, and it favors the barbell specialist. But I felt like this kind of, um, you know, with, with the echo bike, there was a lot of strategy there. And, and I think it, it, it was a, a really well-programmed workout, um, You know, for Ricky, uh, this is another one on paper that, that, you know, I'd look at and historically be like, "Mm, we've this damage control, we got to manage our way through it. Uh, And I think he, he took 10th or 11th. But I know when he was done, he was very happy in the sense that he felt like he had a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he felt like he, you know, he was like, man, I've, I've improved a ton with the barbell, but I just felt like my fitness was great. And, you know, his only regret was that he didn't start his kick earlier. He felt like he waited too long to try to push against the field. And he made up a lot of spots on that fifth round, but he felt like he could have pushed in the fourth round and maybe even jumped up to the top five, uh, cause you know, he he really felt good when it was over. You know, so you saw a lot of people who were smashed. Yeah. And he he felt like he was in great shape at that point. So That's great for me to know and good for him to know that on a workout like this, that you can, you can be more aggressive, right? Um, I think he was probably a little bit cautious and conservative. And now when we look at something like this, we can say, okay, we can push a little bit more. And instead of trying to play it as a damage control workout, we actually can, you know, try to think of, Hey, this is something we can finish top five or top six. Yeah. So I I think it was a win for us. Uh, It wasn't a win on the
0: scoreboard, but I think mentally it was. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's easy to look at that workout, uh, anything DT in general, and think like, okay, this is entirely about the barbell. But the reality is that for those guys at that level, the barbell is kind of a moot point. Like everybody is going unbroken or close to unbroken, right? Uh, we saw very few guys like making big changes during the barbell, with the exception of maybe Yonikoski, who moved the bar faster than anybody else I saw on the floor. Right. If you have a chance to watch the video, he was impressive moving yeah. the bar. But where ground was being made was both in the walk to and from the bike, right? And the time spent on the bike. And so you heard Roman talk about it uh, in his interview at the end. And basically he said, you know, I knew I would go unbroken on the the barbell and then I would just ride the bike at my recovery pace so that I could maintain that. And his recovery pace is as fast as everybody else's working pace, right? So his fitness, especially on that machine is so much higher than the rest of the field that he's able to make up ground there and like keep his heart rate controlled to a point where he can push hard. I think Ricky paced it the same way his paces just aren't quite as high as somebody like that. Right. So now he knows like, okay, if I want to do a little better, I have to get a little closer to the sun on this workout, push a little harder, but you know, he pays well knowing what the task was. Yeah. Uh, And I I
1: just think anytime you get a machine, Roman has a huge advantage and he's just such a monster on, on machines. Uh, you know, but, but yeah, for Ricky, I think it was just a matter of he probably could have pushed a little bit harder on the bike. Um, and I think his last two rounds, especially like, like essentially stay with the field on the first three, um, or, or stay in touch. And then on the last two rounds, you make your move. And I I think that was the biggest thing he was kicking himself for was just that he didn't really make a push. If you watched his urgency in round five, it was very different than it was in round four and three and two and one. So ultimately I think for him, no that he could push a little bit sooner uh you know was was i think uh, again i think it was a mental win um it it hurt a little bit on the scoreboard obviously uh in that setting just because of the way that the, the the point values were um so i think you know after after day two you know he was still in the top eight he was still in touch uh but but certainly like those last two events for sure you know put him behind the eight ball as far as like our goal which is obviously to finish on the podium
0: for sure yeah All right. So we moved through that. We get to Saturday. Ricky wasn't, he, he spoke to us about it. He didn't really speak to anybody else about it, but he wasn't feeling great going into the day.
1: Yeah. It was surprising actually. Like when we talked on Saturday, um, he just talked about how smashed he was, uh, his legs were destroyed and I know he was concerned. He just felt like energy wise, he felt good, but, but physically, uh, he, he felt thrashed. Uh, and I, actually, we heard that a lot from several of the athletes, and I think that had a lot to do with the ruck on Thursday and then that back squat workout on Friday. For sure. So. I think that there were a lot of athletes who were, you know, physically affected greatly and more greatly than than they had been in a lot of previous competitions where Ricky said he was much more sore physically than he was at the games. Yeah. But mentally, obviously, it's a whole different challenge. And he felt good mentally, he felt good energy wise. Um, but physically, he was he was pretty trashed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, you know, they wake up Saturday, they're staring down the barrel of another workout that's going to be really heavy on their legs. They had, I think it's called the turtle, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it remind me on the... Yeah. Uh, so the turtle was, it was an axle bar lunge yeah. workout to start, yeah. right? So they axle bar lunge down, they have a monkey bar traverse, pull the bag up the hill, and then same thing on the way back down, back to the monkey bars and the lunge. Yeah. What's crazy is I think you know we watched the women's heats yeah
1: and uh, you saw the method for the women on the sand the sandbag pull up the up the hill was a massive separator. Right. And with the women, you saw the method where they were they were essentially doing two long reaches and then a yank, yep. right? Trying to heave, long and I- Use your lower half, use your hips. But it actually turned out that for the men, that wasn't the best method. No. It was the long hand over hand. It was a lean back, hand over hand pull. And you saw that Quant and Velner definitely executed that, that yeah. the best. Ricky got to the top of the hill, right? I think at the front of his heat or like, you know, close to the front of his heat and, and just didn't pull the sandbag up the hill as quickly as mm-hmm. quad, you know, and, and a couple of the others. Um, he was, he was great. You know, he was, he was solid on the, on the lunge at the beginning. He was very good on the monkey bars, which I expected. Um, yeah. Uh, the monkey bars yeah. that were. A cool ad but almost irrelevant in really the truly that 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 to me was the most disappointing part of the workout yeah. I, I think that if they had done either they had put maybe four you know three or four of the monkey bars back to back to back you sure. know to make it a long one or they, they if they would make you traverse them you yeah. know four or five times that would have been awesome and it would have changed the whole vibe of the workout because uh, I think would have been would have been cool would have been to say you've got to get from one side to the other unbroken you've got to do it five times so now you You've got to make the choice as to, do I try to do the whole thing unbroken five times? Do I go once, yeah. come down, shake it out, go another? So I think they could have made the workout much more interesting with uh, with monkey bars and actually had that make a difference. Uh, but it actually turned out that that sandbag was was really the separator, yep. the sandbag pull. Uh, and for him, he was kind of middle of the pack with the sandbag pull, and and again middle of the pack with the workout. I think that one he was a little bit disappointed, and I think yeah. we saw that one and we said, "Oh, monkey bars, something a little bit more athletic, odd objects. This should be you know in our wheelhouse." And I think again, you know, finishing like right in that tenth to eleventh, yeah. um, you know, it, it was definitely a, a disappointing finish.
0: For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw the monkey bars and I even thought similar to the parallel bar traverse at the games. I was like, Hmm, what if they traverse across and they had to do strict pull-ups on either end? And now then that's affecting the bad pull up the the hill. Right. So something like that would be really cool. But yeah, this is the first time I think that we saw that the second heat the final heat had a big advantage over the first one because in that first heat a lot of guys did it very similarly to ricky right they grab with two hands they try to use their whole body to pull up and in a workout that has more pulling interference that might make more sense but with it just being one pull up the hill and nothing else to interfere sam was just so much faster pulling hand over hand and then you saw the final heat every single guy pulled that way yeah right and so that was just you know he did the best that he could with what he had on that we learned from it and we move on but i even thought that the way that he lunged was a big win because in the past he's had a tendency to really blow up on like a heavy lunge for a long distance you know he blew up a little bit at the games relative to some of the guys he was racing with in that event and so i thought that was a win uh the monkey bars were what they were and and you know he just didn't execute as quickly as other people on the bag yeah, and I, and I know for him too. Going
1: into that with his legs, he was worried about the yeah. the lunch. You know, he talked about how 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 much his legs were smoked. Uh, but it was funny because when he got done, he was like, "Well, all every part of my legs hurt before this one, except my ass, and now my ass is killing me." So basically, now this one just put me over the edge. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I you know I thought it was a great. Workout in concept, the idea that I thought was really cool, uh, but but I do feel like the actual uh, the actual workout was lacking a little bit um, in in the uh, in the execution um, just because of. Uh, I felt like the lunges, you know, were fine. I felt like the sandbag was fine. But I felt like that middle section with the monkey bars yeah. could have been so much cooler. It could have been so interesting. It was almost a throwaway. Um, and when you when you put an implement like that, which you can only see really at Rogue or the games, mm-hmm. um, it's really nice if you actually make that apparatus matter. Yeah. Uh, and it really didn't, which was, you know, which I which I thought was kind of disappointing.
0: Yeah. Something for them to build on in the future. I though, think am so. sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Middle event of the day, the duel, the duel two. This is a long one, at least, you know, for those of us that were there at Rogue, this felt like it took five hours to get through. The duel was, you know, our multi-round event, elimination style, one-legus row climb, 10 overhead squats, sandbag carry, sprint to the finish. Uh, You know, I think people have grown to get excited about these like multi-round events where people kind of teeter down to who's the best at this workout. Uh, In the beginning, I was really curious about the single legless rope climb because i felt like it became especially for the men's field it was almost useless in that everybody can do them everybody can do them fast and you're only doing three to five rounds which is not a lot of volume for it um and so i felt like that was not a significant enough piece of the workout but
1: yeah i you know uh... I don't know if it's our job here to to necessarily like criticize programming, uh, but I certainly think that this is the type of workout to me. There's a couple of problems with it on, on several levels. Um, I I think first overhead squats at at a lightweight at, at, in an elimination style workout, it it really lends itself to kind of disaster on on as far as the subjectivity of the sure. judges it's really challenging to get consistency across the board with judges yeah. and you saw that I mean you saw that one or two no reps cost people from getting into the next round but the problem is is it down the line other people's you know other people were doing their reps more egregiously and weren't getting called yeah. and I think that if you're going to have elimination style workouts you need to choose movements that are very very easily judgeable mm-hmm. and then where we can create consistency across the yeah. judging. And this was a scenario with the overhead squats, especially at that weight, because yeah. it's so fast, that you just you it, it was a, a crapshoot. Between yeah. judging and that really
0: was upsetting to see. Um, and and I don't think that that's any individual's fault, right? No. But if you watch this, this or if you've ever judged an event, yes. the speed at which that's happening, the caliber of athletes you're working with, what's on the line for that? Like people are doing the best they can, absolutely. But they're just not set up for success as a judge in that scenario. That's exactly what I was going to say. Set
1: your judges up for success, yeah. uh, and I think you could you could have made that uh, elimination style workout with. A uh, uh, rope climbs and a sandbag, mm. and 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 it could have just been that. You know, it could have been. You know, uh, you do your legless, you come over, you do five sandbag cleans, and then a run, and that would have made things so much easier to judge. Yep. Uh, you know, I think the overhead squats made it really challenging. Uh, I agree with you. I think on the men's side that maybe it should have been two legless, or maybe a, a different a different uh, a standard on mm. the legless. Uh, I think we saw that there was some separation there on the women's side, but I think on the men's side. That, that that Legos rope climb has now become so easy yeah. for these guys. It and, was a buy-in. Yeah. Right? And and I would have liked to have seen something a little bit different. Um and uh the sandbag actually turned out to be like the 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 biggest separator. It was you saw, awesome. And you saw a lot of people fall, you saw a
0: yeah. lot of people who struggled <laughs> you saw a lot of crashes and, and we, you know we, we will avoid talking about the finish line yes. with how that yeah. works. That's not for us to right. talk about. But, right. but yeah, it, it felt it felt like it turned very much into just a cycle speed event for the overhead squat. And right. maybe if that's what they're looking for, then like, cool, they nailed that. But uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, the, and then the other issue that I had with it was just uh, it took so long. Mm. uh for them to calculate from each round to the next. So uh the men's field was waiting back there forever. Yep. Uh and I know they did the best that they could, but in my opinion, you know, one, you've got to be able to get through it a little quicker. And also they had no, there was no reason that they needed to go from 10 to 5 to 2. Yes. They could have gone from 10 to 5 and called it at that yep. and that would have been fine. We had the same results basically every single round. For sure. Uh, so so I think that you know they just did one too many rounds. Uh, yeah. But as far as Ricky is concerned. I think this was the one event from the weekend uh where we, we were, we were definitely the most disappointed after this one. Uh, this was one of those workouts where you finish and it, 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 you know, you make a mistake and that mistake turns out to be like a gut shot, you know? And that's what it felt like, because I felt like this was the workout middle of the weekend. You can, it's moving day, you know, you didn't have a great finish in the morning, but it wasn't catastrophic. This is a workout that's Legus rope climbs, strength. You know, overhead squat is, is certainly, it's not a strength, but it's not a weakness. It's right. something that he can do. And generally picking up that sandbag and moving with the sandbag low is very, very good. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he looked very good on the rope. He got called for one no rep on an overhead squat, which honestly I was watching it and they all looked the same to me. And I was concerned about that, obviously but that's not what cost him. He was in a fine position. He was in third in his heat. He easily would have moved on and right towards the end, he fell with the sandbag. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think it had to do obviously with, with global fatigue. I think, you know, he was super fatigued from the first two days. His legs obviously were smoked, but I also think it was a matter of just trying to move a little bit too quickly. Yep. And he got leaning forward and he fell and, and it cost him. And, and it was a, it was a major mistake. It, it, he didn't make it through the next round. Finished in eighteenth. He only gets ten points or, or fifteen points, and uh, I think that was one where he was, he was definitely. I I don't think there's any question he makes it to the top 10 if he maximizes, uh, but I even think he might've made it to the top five. And and so right there, you're looking at a difference in 40 to 70 points, which is almost impossible to make up at that point.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is, it, it highlights the compounding effect of making mistakes, right? You make one mistake, all of a sudden you feel like you're behind, you feel like you have to rush more. And then that leads to another mistake. And I think that what we see from guys that are the the best at maximizing their points is they don't let one mistake turn into four mistakes in a workout, right? You miss one overhead squat. Okay, no problem. Let's move on. Let's finish this workout. Maybe we get into that next round. And even if he doesn't make it past that, that's three to five more spots. That's a lot of points that over the course of the weekend yeah. could have could have been, you know, the difference between him finishing 10th overall and him finishing seventh or eighth overall. Absolutely. And, and we talked about that prior to the
1: workout was essentially like, you're good enough at these movements that you, it's not that you can cruise but you can make sure that you, you know, be clean. Yeah. Like that was the yep. key at the beginning. The first two rounds be clean. Uh, and he wasn't. And, you know, when, when he was, when he came off, he was just like, "Ah, I don't know what happened. You know, I was like, I was running all of a sudden I fell. I mean, I, I think it was, it was part of probably just a, a, a lack of, of concentration for a second, maybe looking over. I mean, I have to look at the tape, but you know, I know for a fact that that's something that he should excel at. And, And those are things that, again, now we just, you know, we'll throw more of that stuff at him in training. Um, because honestly, now that's too Uh, Aside from the skill elimination at the games, but... The the uh, elimination workout at Dubai mm-hmm. and the elimination workout now here at Rogue he's been out in the first round and they've been with with movements and in my opinion workouts that he could have finished in the top five and they were and they were strictly mistakes yep. they, they weren't they weren't uh, talent right. it was it was because of execution mm-hmm. and uh, and those are things that you can't do you know you can't do that when you look at at Medeiros and you and you look at you know these other guys who are at the top, you, you can't give away points. They're just too good. Uh, so this was one that, that I look at and I say, okay, we, we need to throw some more of that stuff in his training. Some more of these uh, workouts where it's essentially like, you know, couplets, triplets, where we're going as fast as we can for rounds, you know, interval wise and, and stuff that, you know, we can say, okay, you know, we've covered ourselves with this. And it, and it's interesting that at Dubai and at rogue
0: both had overhead squats in there yeah. too. Well, um, and so, it's, It's, you know, it's easy to look at this and be like, ah this is not a fitness mistake. This is not a fitness error. This is not why he's finishing there. It's, it's execution. It's accuracy, both of which matter a lot at a high level. And we don't see it at local comps. You don't see it at online competition. You don't really see it even at a semifinals level. When you get to the games, you get to event as big as Rogue. There are individual events that are purely testing for that piece. And so we look at it now as coaches, we say, okay, we prepared him fitness-wise for these things. We didn't necessarily prepare him for a race of execution and accuracy. So one of the benefits of actually having training partners and having a little camp is like, okay, let's set up races. Right. And now it's like, no question you all can do this, this workout, no question you can do it. But now when the timer's on and when I'm saying you can't do another round, if you fail this, are you going to crumble or are you going to execute? Right,
1: and I and I think it's cool. You know, the it is fun. Like the I think the athletes like this stuff. Yeah. Um. You know, so I think in training it is fun to be able to put that together and have them race each other, and you know, you can do it essentially in a very similar style. With you know, each each round is its own entity, right? Like it's not combined. So yeah, I mean, I think that'll be exciting when we when we have everybody together to throw some of those in there. For sure. Uh, and I think for him, you know, just getting more and more practice doing this stuff and and, and trying to be as precise as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, essentially just eliminate those execution errors, which I think is what it is. It's certainly not a fitness thing. It was an execution error.
0: Yeah. All right. We wrap up Saturday, the marquee (laughs) event, Texas Oak, the log clean and jerk kind of, you know, we found out about this event, what, at least a week prior, two weeks prior, maybe. Yeah. Right. Um, They posted something of, of one of the athletes who tested it, going through it. Everybody scrambled to try and find a log. Some people I'm sure had practice on it prior, but like talk us through where you're at with Ricky. Had he ever touched one before?
1: (laughs) No, he had never touched one before. Uh, He came to Vegas, you know, uh, he tweaked his back. While he was in Vegas, right? Yeah. So, so he 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 had to take a few days off. Um, Not to, training. No, he tweaked his back, putting his shoes uh, back in his bag. <laughs> I think I had a lot to do with travel and sure. and uh, you know. So anyway, finally he was healthy. It was Monday, uh, the week of Rogue, and he went to a gym in the area, and he was able to get on the log and play around with it a little bit. Uh, but but suffice it to say that. Um, I wasn't extremely
0: confident yeah. about him on the log. And, uh, if, and if we backtrack, because this is my story time now, Yeah, Justin comes out after the warmups and he gives me the same <laughs> fucking <laughs> speech I got <laughs> before the sandbag clean event. And I've just learned like when these events come up, I can't be around Justin anymore because he brings me too much anxiety with it. But he comes out, he goes, dude, this could be bad. <laughs> you know, I, was, I was just in the back. He goes, Ricky can't fucking clean that thing to save his life. Yeah, And I heard the same shit about the same bag. He's like, bag started 260. He's like, I don't even know if he's going to get the first bag. I don't know if he's going to get the first log. Yeah, uh, But but Ricky is just a different animal, he, right? It doesn't always look pretty, Yeah, but he figures it out. And I just think we, we kind of joke. We're like, he, he's got his whole city on his back. It's like, it's unbelievable. He knows when he goes <laughs> out there, he's one of the few guys you look at and you're like, He's fighting for something outside of himself right now. And there's nothing that's going to let him give up on this event. Yeah, it's so inspiring, honestly, because we <laughs> it's true.
1: I, I wasn't sure he was going to be able to clean the first part. And if you watched it, it wasn't like I was making it up. No. He did not look great on the cleans. Yeah. Uh, you know, but he figures out a way. Uh, And then once he got it, once he got it to his shoulders, I was actually considerably more confident. He looked really good jerking that thing, Uh, which was which was cool because there were a lot of guys who struggled with that. Um, But man, it it was such a struggle and a battle uh, to to get that log to his shoulders. Uh, But he figures out a way. He's got a knack for it, you know. And I, I think there's a very interesting stat. Um, you know, that Brian friend showed me, uh, after that event, which is that Ricky is the, is the only athlete to finish the sandbag and the log in the top five.
0: Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So
1: he's the only one with those two odd objects now, uh, to have finished in the top five. And, and if you look at Ricky, you would say no way. That's right. not, not him. It's not like he was right. I mean, you'd say, okay, me and a Roman, or you'd say Adler or, or Justin, someone like or someone. that. Yeah. Yep. But, but you know, the fact that Ricky can do that, I think is, I, th- I honestly, I, I just think it speaks volumes to his character. Uh, I think that he's just a guy who, you know, has this thing inside of him. And when he lets it loose, man, there's, he will literally die to, 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 to succeed. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that's very hard to teach. Uh, and, and it's very inspirational as a coach to, to have an athlete that does that because they make you want to be better when they do that stuff. And, and, uh, without question, I mean, I was so incredibly proud of that event and, and, uh, I know for him, you know, being able to take third in that event was, was something he was obviously very excited and proud about and, um, it ended up being a very exciting event. I think all of us were very nervous in the back watching it, um, even more so than the sandbag event. I think mm-hmm. we were all concerned about, you know, the fact that that log's going overhead. We were we were concerned about about possibly, you know. There being some injuries and whatnot, and there were a couple of scary misses, but thank God every everybody got through the event without without any any serious injuries, and uh, and it actually turned out to be a, a super exciting event. He finished third, which was amazing, yep. uh, and uh, just a, I think another. You know, just, just one of those things that kind of adds to the Ricky Garrard story, you know, and and the lore of Ricky, which is just that this guy is gonna, you never know, but he's going to pull stuff out of his ass sometimes that you just would never expect him to do.
0: For sure. Which is awesome. And I think, you know, two rogues credit on this for sure. uh, They announced this early enough that people had a chance to at least try to find a way to get on a log once, maybe twice before the event. Yeah. I think without that, we would be looking at this much more critically. Putting guys in a position to have to do this without any forewarning right at yes. the games of the same bag i i get it a little bit more they're heavier bags than we've ever done but everybody's touched the sandbag. it's not going overhead right um, this was definitely a different animal and yeah. i think you know one of the things that i try to do for us is look really critically at like what we can do differently as coaches for the team and i think this just highlights like we are now at a point at the games level for athletes that you can't afford to not be spending time on each specialty with coaches in that realm, right? You can't afford to not be spending time a couple times a month at a strongman gym, touching the implements. We don't know what's going to come up next. Is it going to be a sear dumbbell? Is it going to be stones? Is it going to be something? And it's very clear that the people that have learned the technique to execute are more successful. And even if that's not the case, right? Like Ricky's technique was dog shit. He was, he was not the most technically sound guy there. He finished third, but the toll that that takes on his body compared to some other guys, I guarantee is much higher because he's having to find a way to will himself through this right. instead of using technique, which is no different than like somebody learning weightlifting for the first time. Absolutely. Right?
1: And I also think that it, it it's now kind of shown us that anything is in the realm of possibility. Right. So, you know, they've gone sandbag. Now they've gone log. It's like, what are they going to do next? You know, we, we, you have to keep, you have to keep pushing. You have to think outside the box and, and us as coaches, like, you know, I think it's Got to the point right where it was just and I think it was tiresome for all of us like uh, another snatch event another clean and jerk max event and I think the fact that they've they've done this now I think it's it's put the athletes on notice that they've got to be prepared and I love that I I I think it's really cool because it is CrossFit and we do talk about you know the unknown and unknowable and and now anything is is game so we we've got
0: to be prepared for it and and I think that it is entirely possible, if not probable, that we see some sort of rock climbing now at the games next year. You just think about the way that you can race, the way that execution plays a role, the way that it brings in another sport that's kind of adjacent to fitness. Um, You know, I know that for us, speaking for us, like that is something that we will be starting to regularly implement for our crew is because it's also just a way to play, right? Like second session of the day on a, on a Wednesday, we're going to the rock climbing gym. You're going to boulder, you're going to figure it out, right? Because there's no excuse for us to not Regularly expose our athletes to these adjacent sports that that they may very well have, and at the same time, you're building grip capacity, you're building pulling. Like, there's no reason not to. Oh, it's huge, and it's obviously
1: like near and dear to my heart because I love it. And do you you do? Yeah, it's exciting, you know. But I mean, I don't think there's any any question like over, I mean, look at the top two women in the world right now with Tia and Laura. Laura obviously is a, the ex-Hungarian champion, yeah. but you know, I, over the last few years, I've seen Tia at the rock gym a ton. Like mm-hmm. she's, she's had, you know, her and Shane go and, and I, I just think in general, it, it's, it's phenomenal, obviously for, for a lot of the stuff that we do and building grip strength and, and, and agility and, and also just cerebral, like being able to figure out problems, yep. um, you know, it's, it's a phenomenal thing. So yeah, I, I love that. And um, again, thinking outside the box. What what can you do outside the gym or or outside the the prototypical CrossFit gym to be able to improve yourself as an athlete? To be able to stretch yourself as far as training is concerned. All these things are are massive, and I think we see it especially at the Games Rogue, where they can throw these different implements at you
0: and odd objects, etc. So yeah, I mean, I I think without question, it's invaluable. It's it's. We are at the point where it's not about training more than somebody anymore. Everybody's training a, a lot. Everybody's right. training plenty, right? Like there's really nowhere else to go. Yeah. We have to train better. We have to train these different things. We have to shore up the holes. Uh, that was one of the things that I loved most about this year's games. Is that Boz said like I know you can do. I know you can do a million double unders. I know you can do a ton of strict handstand pushups unbroken. Now prove to me that you can do it this way. Right. Prove to me you can execute this with the wall facing handstand pushup, the crossover dumbbell unders. It's it's making us say oh shit, we have to take a step back and be like I have to rebuild my foundation. I have to improve my skill set, not just improve capacity, which I think is really helpful and healthy for the sport because like the volumes that people are doing is it, getting crazy. Yeah. Right. And I would, you know, we've talked a lot about this. Like we don't consider ourselves to be the highest volume training camp yeah, definitely. out there for a variety of reasons, but, um, you know, it's good to take that step back now. Yes. Totally agree. All right. On to Sunday. Yeah. This is actually my favorite workout. Um, just because I think that, you know, this snatch and press event highlights, you know, your fitness highlights, your strength highlights, uh, strict gymnastics capacity, which I enjoy seeing, but it's a workout that has such a fine line where if you go a little bit too hard, a little bit too hot, you reach that point of no return. And you see this with people is like, you know, if you do one too many reps on the set on the strict parallel handstand push up or really any strict handstand push up variation, like you might not be able to come back. That might turn into a 60 second staring yeah. at it.
1: Yeah, you know, obviously we look at this event and it was one where we knew we had to be careful. Um, Again, this is this is the the other event of the weekend where I felt like they could have made things much easier on the judges. Um, You know, the the standard for the handstand push up um, specifically. The feet inside the handles of the parallette, it just became incredibly subjective. And uh, it they, it was judged very differently from judge to judge. Right. Uh, and that really did. It, it didn't determine who won the workout because, uh, you know, Jason was unbelievable. Hopper was incredible. Obviously, I was Alexis so impressed was amazing. with amazing. So impressed with Jason. Um, but, but throughout the rest of the field, it, it, it did crush a lot of people. And unfortunately, Ricky was one of them. Um, you know, I, I, I think it was, that was a really hard, uh, one for me to swallow because I watched Ricky and I felt like his reps were good reps and he kept getting no rep. And eventually when you get no rep, you know, nine times, yeah. There's just no way to come back from that, especially on a movement. That's not a strength for him and it it beat him up pretty badly.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, I actually, I was in Madrid this year and I watched both the Dukic brothers compete and there was an event with strict handstand pushups and it was Luca and it was a big set. I think the first set was maybe 30 reps and he got no reps, you know, 10 or 12 times and it ended up taking him entirely out of the workout. He kind of blew up in the middle. And I think when you look at something like that, you look at Ricky's performance, it's easy to look at it and say like, oh, he's not good at this movement or, Oh, he doesn't have the capacity. But the reality is like, these guys go into this with a game plan. Yes. They know the set sizes they need to complete the workout. So when you start getting a bunch of no reps that puts you, that takes you out of the game plan and puts you closer to that point of failure Absolutely. too early in the workout. And I think that's a big part of what happened for Ricky. Like, you know, strict hands and pushups are not his strongest suit, but he's worked hard on them. He's capable of them. And I just think, you know, a couple costly, no reps put him in a position where he, he didn't know he, he had to throttle back in order to pace and get through the workout.
1: Yeah. And I, I think they could have made that a lot easier on the judges. Uh, I, you know, if the rule was going to be that your feet don't go outside the parallel handles, what they could have done is just honestly, just put two strips of tape down the, the glass, you know, and, and it would have made it so easy for them to judge as opposed to it being so subjective. And, uh, you know, and I, that- again, I, I, I really feel like I want a workout to come down to people's fitness. I don't want it come down to come down to subjectivity. One hundred percent.
0: Yeah. And, and I don't know where I saw this. Actually, I think this is a, a mayhem event. Maybe it was twenty nineteen or something. Um, you know, there was a question asked about about foot width on the handstand push up, and they just said, as long as you stay inside the plexiglass, you're good, right? right? And so whether it's lines, whether it's plexiglass, you're giving a very clear hard guideline it's just like a finish line it's like you cross it or you don't cross it but when you're when you're asking them to look at the parallettes and draw an imaginary line up to where your feet yeah. are you're just setting people up for failure 100% right and both you know for the judges both for the athletes who don't understand what's going on it's you know there's no reason for it outside of setting a standard for the sake of a standard. Yeah. And I think that that was the only part that was a little challenging. There. Yeah.
1: Cause the workout is cool. I just, again, I, you know, I, I think that's something they just need to look at. And those are things that in the sport, we want to make it as easy for the judges to judge as possible. For sure. And, and that, that just wasn't an easy standard for them to judge. And in, and in, you know, in, and unfortunately it greatly affected the workout and the athlete's performance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Second to last event, the goblet. This workout was nasty. Gosh. High volume, lots of running. Uh, seven rounds, seven muscle ups, a hill sprint, eleven goblet squats. This was not a hill sprint, and I knew this when we read it because I was thinking about the field uh, and you know the distance they cover. But this was like a two hundred meter run into a hill hill run that turned into some guys walking up the hill. This yeah. was you know a jog at best for guys. Um, this was a tough event.
1: Really hard event. Uh, one of those events that we circled as one that Ricky could win. Yep. Certainly a, a, a wheelhouse workout for him. Ring muscle ups are you know, one of the strongest movements. Running, obviously. Uh, the squatting, uh, I think, took more out of people than they expected mm-hmm. it to. Um, but in general, this was the workout that I, when it was over, it, it, it really proved to me you know, how physically affected he was, yes. uh, from the rest of the week. For sure. Uh, this was the one where he just looked at me and was like, man, I'm, I'm fucked. And like it, I, I tried it, as hard as I could
0: and I just couldn't push the way I normally push. And it wasn't just him, no. right? We, we heard, you know, we had a chance to talk to Roman's coach and we heard kind of the same thing. Yes. And it was visible for Roman, right? Yes. He, he was riding on empty Ricky a little bit too, because this is a workout where I thought, Throughout the whole, the first five rounds, I thought Ricky paced it beautifully. Yes. It was him and him and Pat out in front. They were kind of working together, not working together, but they were they were side by side in the whole thing. And I said, "This is it." I said, "We're going to get to the last two rounds. Ricky's going to be able to push the run a little bit more, and he's going to pull ahead because that's you know that's the sort of workout that he does. That right, day, right, and he just didn't have that. No,
1: gaslight. and and he said, you know, he he said, listen, he's I just you know I just couldn't you know mm-hmm. and and so you know that that to me. Makes me think a little bit about, okay, like what do we need to do and, and, you know, to make sure that when a workout like this comes up, that he's got that reserve yep. o- over those last couple of rounds. And I think part of it, you know, could be travel, obviously part of it was the weekend, but in general, I, I, I think, I think what's so important for Ricky, uh, is Ricky, let's be honest, right? Ricky's a flawed athlete. He yep. doesn't have the best positions on certain things. He certainly has, uh, some deficiencies, but, but he's unbelievably fit. He's got a world-class engine. Ricky needs to be the fittest person on the field, you know, as far as his engine is concerned, is it in a lot of ways, the way Briggs was for so many years where she could make up for a lot of her deficiencies because she was just so fit. And for him, that's a workout where, you know, he's just got to have that engine for days. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how long it is. He's just got to be able to keep going. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something we can look at and say, okay, you know, let's just make sure that, you know, As far as your, your running program, as far as your, you know, what we're doing in Metcons, as far as what we're doing with conditioning, that we make sure that that's never an issue for you, that, that no matter what, if it's, if it's an, if it's a question of engine, that you've got the best
0: engine. And that's, and that's generally where he's at, right? Right. Like Ricky has a nearly five minute mile, right? Ricky can recover running a 535, 40 mile. We've, right. we've given him light day 5Ks and the paces that he does are laughable on that, right? And so you look at this workout and like people think it's a ring muscle-up workout. Well, all of the top 10 men in the field did the ring muscle-ups unbroken. It was not a ring muscle-up workout. It was how well can you recover while you're running in between? What pace can you hold? And yeah. Hinshaw talks about this stuff all the time, right? But like we're not at the point where, where it's just the skills that are holding people back. It's like how easily are you able to recover? Absolutely. How fast can you move between things? Uh, and get right to work right and so those are things that we can take a look at in training and yeah. and,
1: and really start to pinpoint to make sure that you know when we have a workout like this again that, that you know he's able to push those yeah. last you know two rounds
0: and it just and you know we can talk about this a little more with the last workout too but it just highlights you know this is now the second major competition for Ricky it was a really long weekend 10 plus workouts mm-hmm. right the games in here and uh, you know he just he struggled both times with maintaining energy on the mm-hmm. last day or two right? Mm -hmm. His capacity for a long weekend just isn't quite there yet. And there's a bunch of things that feed into that. I think part of it is sort of the emotional stress that he puts on himself. Right. Part of it is, you know, some of the the tests that they've had have been fucking grueling, but we have to expect that. And part of it is people don't realize or appreciate this, but like he's only been training full time again for a year, maybe less. Right. And so you look at like the number of years that it takes to lay the foundation for these things. And Ricky's still kind of getting back to that. Absolutely. I think that's a big thing that we look at going forward is like, you know, we expect open quarterfinals, semifinals for him to be able to move through we get to train for a whole year now for the games test. So we get to train a whole year to be able to sustain 15 workouts of varied domains over the course of a week. Yeah. I mean, I'm very excited about it.
1: And honestly, I think it's, you know, we we can take these last two events, uh, you know, competitions with the games and rogue, and really build on them for the season. Uh, And, and I think ultimately we can, you know, continue to have them improve and and be a, a better and better athlete.
0: For sure. For sure. All right. Last event, you know, for us at this point, Obviously, we go into an event with Ricky and our expectations are our podium. Yes. Maybe not necessarily expectation every single event, but like we know that he is capable of that sort of performance. Yes. We're going into the final. We know that that's not necessarily the case. Um, you know, so we're trying to manage that. I know for you, one of the one of the skill sets I admire of yours the most is your ability to motivate people right? No matter what the circumstances are. And I think for Ricky being around the 10th place spot going into a workout is it's not what he expects. It's easy to kind of take the wind out of your sails. It's easy to want to cash it in on the last workout. What sort of conversations do you have going into a final going into this workout, which is heavy grace? (laughs) You know, again, I think you know we had a lot of clean jerks over the
1: weekend, right? I mean, this is the third event now that we've seen that, which is we won't. a lot. We won't talk about yeah. that. Um, but you know, heavy grace historically, you know, again, uh,
0: not not a not a strength for him, um, and not a strength relative to this field. Correct. Like, you know, not only is it the top fifteen, top twenty guys in the world, but these are also. 15 of the strongest Yeah,
1: there's a ton of barbell specialists, (laughs) for sure. Um, And you know, we talked about one going in, you know, he still was in striking distance for the top 10, yep. which, which was, a uh, uh, you know, which obviously looks a lot better than being on the front page of the leaderboard than the second page of the leaderboard. Yep. Uh, and I, and I think for him too, just in general, it's, you know, a lot of pride, you know, in the sense of every time he steps on the, on the competition floor now, you know, people want to see how he does yep. and, you know, he's a lightning rod. Let's be honest. He's a, he's a polarizing figure. Um, so we wanted to try to finish the weekend as strong as possible. Uh, you know, and 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 for us, it was basically like, listen, it hasn't gone the way we wanted it to go, but but you know, don't just don't just mail it in. Like right. you got to go out there and give your best. And and honestly, for him, I think this was another workout similar to DT where he could go out there and prove to himself, like I have improved Hell a yeah. ton Hell with yeah. the barbell. Yep. And honestly, uh, for him, uh, you know, he's in the he's in the first heat, which is always tough. You're not in the second heat, so you know the second heat, obviously, you're going to have. Most of the time, you're going to have faster, you know, faster yep. times. Uh, and he ended up third in his heat, which I thought was was excellent. He did a phenomenal job. Um, I think he finished 11th overall in the workout, but for him again, he said he, he felt great. He said he, you know he was surprised at how how good he felt on the barbell, how well he was able to cycle. Um, you know I think he was pleased with the way he finished and he was able to beat a couple of the guys that were right in front of him yep. and he was able to, to catapult into the top 10, which was a good way to finish. And, and in my opinion, again, it wasn't what we wanted, but a top 10 in an event with you know some of the best guys in the world
0: is, is, is always a positive. For sure. And I think that's kind of a nice way to recap this. Is like, you know, I had a conversation with Ricky going into the weekend and you did as well. We spoke about this after. And I think that he came into this event just assuming that he is still the third fittest guy, no matter what the competition is. And it's a good reality check that like, while we believe that, that's not necessarily the case on any given week or in any given set of workouts, right? He, like most athletes and all athletes is not programming proof. And when a test looks a little bit different from the test that we saw at the games and when next year's test at the games looks different from last year's test, he can't walk in assuming that he's going to place the same way. And so it's a great reality check. It's a good opportunity to really to test a bunch of things that in the past have not been strengths of his to see where we're at and where we need to continue to go. Because if we came out and we had a whole bunch of running tests, uh, we had a trail bike again, we had more traditional gymnastics capacity work that he thrives on like maybe he would really excel but we wouldn't have highlighted the things we need to work on. Yeah. So in that coming in 10th is a win because it's going to keep him really hungry yeah. and it gives us a good a good uh look at the things we want to work at for the next 6 months. Yeah,
1: without question. I, I think that was that, that this competition specifically was a reminder and a reality check that hey, if if I Give anything, this field's gonna take it. Uh, These guys are really good, and I think it was good for him to, you know, I think there were guys in that field that he just thought, I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna be better than. And you know, those guys will step on your neck, man. Like they want to win just as bad. They're all phenomenal. So it was a, it was a great reminder that hey, I've got to put in the work, and then I've got to execute. I got to come and I got to execute. So yeah, without question, a lot to take from, a lot to build on, and 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 uh, you know, something that that you know will take a look at and and just continue to improve on.
0: For sure. I mean, hats off to Reiki. Hats off to Rogue. Hats off to the rest of the competitors. It was a fun weekend to be a part of. Uh, Hopefully looking forward to going back next year. Yep. Um, And this is a fun episode. Yes. cool to get to recap. We will do more of these recapping. We will also do more stuff, kind of diving deeper into coaching topics, Um, but whatever platforms this ends up on, once we actually get it published, (laughs) uh, make sure to like, subscribe, share it with other people, send us your feedback. We're always looking for feedback uh, because this is new and we just want to share more with you all. So, all right. Thanks, Keith. Bye guys. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show and please leave us a five star review. You can also follow us on Instagram at Underdogs Athletics or visit our website, underdogsathletics.com.